Visit Arcade Club in Bury, Greater Manchester, the largest gaming venue in Europe. Set on two floors featuring over 250 original arcade machines, from Space Invaders right up to the latest Japanese rhythm games. There's also pinball machines, retro modern consoles, top-end PCs and VR stations. For just £10 entry or £15 for both floors, you can stay as long as you like and everything is set to free play. It's open Thursdays to Sundays with free parking, two licensed bars, two kitchens and fair price and there's no need to book, just turn up for an awesome day out. Hello and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, aka Vertvic. And I'm Sean Holly. How are you doing, Vic, you little tinker? I am not bad, actually. I'm pretty good. We're a little yeah. bit late recording, so I was come back from a meet I was at earlier, but we'll talk about that later on. Mm. Well, this is the 10 Pence Arcade Podcast. We're on podcast 114. It is Sunday, 12th of August. 114. Yeah. Yes. What are you on about? It's not 1844, it's 2018. And it's a time yes. for... Oh no, that's a different game. Anyway... I have been restoring that bargain Midway Invaders Deluxe cocktail I got a few weeks ago. I'm really enjoying yeah. playing Space Invaders. Is it what? fully restored? It's not fully restored just yet. Um, I've ordered a Braze multi-kit and switcher to swap out the old linear power supply because that's what apparently does go wrong on those things. But right. at the moment, it was working absolutely fine. Um, and I got some coloured acetate sheets from a local art shop to go over the tube to replace the old... On most space invaders, it's the it's like the gel sheets, but on this one, it's got an actual curved piece of perspex, which is red, yellow, and blue. And I don't quite like the colours of it because they're a bit of weird American colours. They only came on the the Midway Deluxe version of it. Really odd right. colours for that game. But the acetate I bought seems to naturally cling to the contour of the tube via static, and a very small blob of super glow on the sides holds it nicely. Uh, and you can't see that bit because it's hidden. I also oh, replaced cool. the smoked perspex with one I had lying around, which is a bit bigger. I cut down the size. Uh, and it looks really nice. With the overlays, it looks really good. It, it, with the perspex, smoked perspex as well, and then the glass on top, it hides the effect that they're strips, and it actually looks like coloured graphics on the screen. Obviously, it's just black and white. But it looks really nice. I like it. Mm, that's good. I also swapped out the nasty, riveted, wonky credit switch button, which is in the coin door, with a near-perfect fitting... 24mm Sanwar button, which is like a, a clear black. It looks really subtle there now. It looks like it was designed to fit in that hole, because there's a weird hole there for some reason. I think it had like a spacer behind it or something. I'm not sure what it's for. I was talking to mm. someone today, actually, and they weren't quite sure what it's for. But that's my, my credit button, so it looks really nice. Uh, the coin mech still works on that machine, believe it or not. It actually, yeah. <laughs> it actually came with 60 cents of America money in there. But I was also made a new credit bezel with the correct money on it. Ten pence, mm. of course. God save oh, the Queen. Yes. Bah. I'm also getting Arcade Art Shop, which is Ollie Muddy Music, to make up a reverse printed sticky underlay for the glass. That will be the machine when the machine that'll be the machine finished then. Because I've ordered some glass cut to the right size, which is thirty two inches by twenty two inches with three inch corner rounds on it. Yeah. And getting it all beveled nice and smooth and everything. I think that has actually been done. I didn't pick it up yesterday. I was there too early in the morning. I couldn't be bothered to go back, so I'll go Monday and pick it up. Um, I've got a sneaky suspicion that a single pot on the monitor needs replacing because it keeps, when you start the machine up, it's out of sync. 
You give this pot a quick twiddle backwards and forwards, and it's perfect again. So yeah, mm. some new bits in the cocktail, which will be covered in the pickup section. Are you going to keep that or sell it? I'm going to keep you, it. I really like yeah. it. Oh, I've right. always had a soft spot for Space Invaders, and within the Braze kit, you get like eight games on there, slightly different games. Mm. It's got the marvellous Lunar Rescue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a brilliant game. Uh, and I think there's there's a game called Super Earth Invasion, which was uh, a reworking of Invaders, actually done by Electrocoin, a UK company, which is a really good version of the game as well. Oh, I've checked that nice. out. Nice, very nice. I've also been on the CAD, uh, computer-aided design. Uh, you, sir, are a CAD, a CAD for the bounder. Uh, drawing out accurate positions of the graphics for the repro table underlay that Arcade Art Shop's going to be doing for me. Um, I've shoved a .jpeg dump of the picture on our website notes for people to look at if they're interested. I've been playing this silly spatter game a bit more than I probably should have been. <laughs> mm. I have. I have been playing it a hell of a lot. A hell we'll of a lot. about that when we get to it, will uh-huh. Nick? So anything you've been up to, Sam? Well, I've been to the Batcave. They uh, take a much bigger part in organising the Batcave event, you know, the retro gaming event in Blackburn. Yeah, that's once a month, isn't it? Yes, that was a, not this Saturday just gone, but the previous Saturday. So I was really enjoying that. I had a great night and I was knackered afterwards. So instead of going out drinking lots of lovely IPA, I went to bed about 10 o'clock. Yeah, that's healthy though, isn't it? Yeah. Nice and one. I've been to Arcade Club, of course, last night. Met, met a few of the regulars and some of the uh, Yorkshire contingent. Yorkshire? Yorkshire! <laughs> Hi, Russ J and I am Jimmy were there. Is there a specified place in Arcade Club where they can leave their flat caps and whippets? I think it's just by the door, but you know, you've got to the the whippets just run off. There must be a pigeon loft there somewhere as well, surely. Foot racing pigeons <laughs> I think Sol, yeah, Sol's got a pigeon loft, hasn't he? Of course he has. Sol, yeah. isn't it? Sol. E Bayek. Chuffin heck. Ooh. Right, yeah, that's it. And I've also, yeah, like we say, been playing a lot of this week's featured game. Lara Lara Spatter. That sounds wrong, doesn't it? It does a bit. Mm. Better, better cut that one out. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Arcade News. Right, we have a, a little surprise. Well, maybe a big surprise event I didn't know was coming. Mm. It's another revival event in the winter. And the clue's in the name because it's called Revival Winter Zapped 2018. Zapped. Explain Zap to people who may not know what that was. Yes, I'll read, I'll read a little bit off their Facebook page. After the successful main event at Bescott Stadium earlier this summer, many have been asking for another revival retro fix to fill the gap until next year. So they're teaming up with Fusion Retro Books, that's Chris Wilkins, to celebrate the release of the upcoming Zap Annual 2019. Former Newsfield heads Roger Keane and Oliver Frey, the, the genius artist Oliver Frey, and some other con- contributors of the world of Commodore will be there. Nice. nice. Mm. I like the little events as well as the big ones because they're quite intimate, aren't they? Yeah, I think that was did. Uh, yeah, there was a winter warmer one year, weren't there? Revival winter warmer that was really good. Yeah, yeah, that was an excellent one. Mm. And also, this is interesting from Vic Sage. He put it on Facebook. Four hundred dollar licensed repro arcade caps. <laughs> Right? 
And I've yes. just written it. Go I've on. Just, I've just written it. And, and if I wrote something and then let you go for it, I've written it. Something is not right, even apart from the LCD screens. Go, Vic, go. Well, there's been a bit of chatter about these uh, these machines. They're, they're licensed cabs. They've got a few games on each. They look quite neat little things, actually, until you look at them properly. Uh, I watched the video and the guy was a bit off on his pricing a bit off on certain other things but I think they're a bit cheap and nasty these things they're flat Mm -hmm. pack thingies so like an Ikea cab if you know what I mean so at the moment right there's been a few of these popped up you get these sort of cabinets they're they're usually a bit overpriced I think for what they are Um, Mm. but they're not really aimed at us collectors and arcade enthusiasts they're sort of aimed at you know, maybe someone's buying it for a gift for someone who thinks they like old retro games. You know, I used to play these as a kid sort of thing. And the, you know, it's a nice new modern thing and it's available in shops. So it's easy for people to get hold of. So you can, you know, you can forgive them for doing that. But no one, and I mean no one, has yet to make an authentic cabinet for a reasonable price to, to buy in the high street. Mm. But surely some 14-inch CRT TVs or maybe old computer monitors, you know, VJ doesn't matter what what resolution it is really as long as they're, they're curved screens like in the old games can be found to or made for a machine like this surely you can still get hold of 14 inch monitors yeah you'd think i mean I, I i can find them now if i wanted to get two 14 inch monitors i can go into my local town of hounslow go into one of the charity shops and buy a 14 inch crt screen or you can go down the street and find one on the street like Usually. you did i did yeah but the machines don't need to be manageable. They always one of their pri- one of their selling points is oh it's a manageable machine you just pick it up and move it. You don't need really to move an arcade machine. If you buy an arcade machine, you're going to put it in a games room somewhere or a bedroom or a garage or you know a little so-called man cave. Mm. It doesn't need to be moved. Surely you put it down, you play it. So that's simple. You put a stool in front of it, you play it. So why do they need to be manageable all the time? I think yeah. a, a cabinet that's got nothing in it, it's full of air and just a very thin screen and some controls, you can sort of batter it around and move it. I, I want a heavy cab. I don't want it to move. I don't want, it to, mm. I don't want the dog to knock it over or something silly or the kids <laughs> to run into it, you know? Yeah. So that kind of thing is not important, I think. But having only four games on these things for $400 is also a deal breaker for me. Um, even if you sold it with a licensed Midway, stroke Namco, stroke Atari compilation disc you know, from a PlayStation or an Xbox or a PC game, surely then you can emulate them any which way you like. As long as the licensing deal has not been broken, if you own the original licensed games on one of those, for instance, compilation discs, surely you're allowed to play them in another way of playing them, on emulation, for instance, not the actual PlayStation Mm. game or whatever. So, you know, more games can be had for reasonably cheap i mean those those games you can get now for next to nothing so if you own it you've bought it and you own the license surely you can play those games in mame i don't really know how the the, the law works but saying it's licensed is not really a big deal to me you know if you want to go if you want to go and and buy a license you want to be totally above board and and legal you can do that in different ways but for four hundred dollars four games a hundred dollars a game for an old game you can play almost anywhere for cheaper on almost any format. It's a bit of a deal breaker. Yeah. 
So I'm still unsure why manufacturers are still way off the mark with screens. It's a real bugbear of mine, and anyone who's into proper authentic arcade games, arcade machines never had this so-called pin-sharp, or the favourite adjective, crisp screens. It's always crisp LCD. I don't want crisp. Mm. I want it slightly fuzzy. I want to see lines on it. That's the arcade for me. Yeah. I think what this is targeted at, though, is people that wouldn't even, maybe not even know. They'd just see Pac-Man playing and... Yeah, yeah, I, I agree yeah. that, you know, I said earlier about it. But yeah. to me, they, they want to make them authentic, but they don't want to go that extra mile to make them authentic. If you if you have to use an LCD screen, like you say you can't source CRTs, and you have to use LCDs, which are readily available, fair enough. You can have a cheap scanline generator on there. You can have yep. a smoked plexi to hide the fact that it isn't a CRT. And many emulators nowadays use effects to curve the screen and, and give mm. sort of like older looks to it. So it looks curved. It looks like it's got scan lines in it. When you put a smoked plexi over it, you could be fooled into thinking this is an old arcade screen in there or an old TV in there. Mm. That would look a lot better and it would look neat and it looks functional. It's not like it's broken. So people aren't going to buy a brand new thing and go, oh, it's not working. It's going to look old and it's gonna be nice and bright and look like an older screen so that for me would be the way ahead Mm. give that authentic feel to it but they also need to stop wrapping these in in this kind of vinyl artwork they they get printed out because they just wrap the whole machine in this vinyl and it looks cheap Mm. all the old arcade cabinets were either painted or laminate and then the artwork stuck up, or it was screened onto the machine, or just maybe bare wood, like a wood effect. Yeah. Even if they have to use this wrap, can they not use a wrap wooden effect and then put artwork on the top? Because that's how it used to be. I know it's a little bit more expensive doing two pieces rather than one, but it would just look more authentic to me. Yeah, it would look nicer, I suppose. Because that's how the machines were done. I need to start making a business, making these things. Oh, and... Before we started the podcast, I found out that these machines are coming to the UK at £450. Ho, 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 ho. They aren't going to sell them I bet IKEA will sell them. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Because it it (laughs) is more of a bit of modern furniture than an actual arcade machine. Flat pack cab, LCD, a a bag of controls. There you go, mate. Yeah, but to me, if someone said, I want a new cabinet or newish cabinet, it's got to fit in this little hole here. I want it to look nice, I want it to look part of you know, a modern house. I would suggest looking for one of those Sega Dino Kings and jammatizing it. Yeah. Because they're only little four and a half feet tall things, little foot wide, and they don't feel flimsy and plasticky. And you, know, you can put whatever games you like in it. You can buy jammer boards for it. You can do an emulator, whatever you like. Is, mm. that, a, is that a word, jammatize? Jammatize, it is now. Stop, Gemitize. Stop, Gemitize. Do you know what else has been happening in the arcade world? Some things. Some things. New major Havoc levels. Havoc. There's been a whisper about this. Thank you to Lezalay for showing us this. Also, Whitney from The Broken Token has helped me out with some of the links for YouTube, which I've put on our website. Um, Nice. Yeah, it's Owen Rubens is helping out, the original creator of Major Havoc. And they're getting close to completing it 35 years after the original release. Uh, yeah, some videos on the on uh, someone called Chris Gack, who's helping out with it, on his Facebook. Put these on the web show notes. Have a look. 
Mm. There has also been interest on the American forum Clove, killer list of video games, uh, about a repro Warlords PCB run. They need at least 25 people interested to do a run. I reckon there'd be a damn sight more than 25 asking for one or more of these PCBs. Bearing in mind, these aren't cheap anymore. And this is for a blank board. You've got to fill it yourself with all the parts and all the chips and all the EEPROMs. There's the blank board, which you actually build yourself. Ooh. Yeah. I still think FPGA with an original CPU is the way to go and maybe the sound processor. But, you know, originality, if people want them, they're not quite original because they're reproed. But, you know, apparently Warlords is getting really hard to find now. Don't see many around. Mm. I've actually no. seen more four-player cocktail cabinets, and I've only ever seen one upright two-player cabinet. And that was in I've the Galaxy Ghost. Yeah, I've never seen an upright. I've, oh, actually, I've seen it on a video. Someone did a walk round of one of these big American shows. And that I've was seen me. It there. I did it at Gallop and Ghost, remember, when I was there. No, it was. it's a recent one. Was it? Oh, I can't remember what they're called. Walter Day was there. It's one in the last few months. Gaming at Game Face's place? That was it. Yeah, that's him. That's it, yeah. The, the upright two-player version is a... Uh, the monitor's down below, and it's reflected onto a half mirror, like Space Invaders, and it's got different backgrounds on it. It's a thing of beauty. It's really, really nice. Ooh, nice. Lovely. Right, Vic, have you seen this? It looks like a cheaper version of the iPack, but it does a bit more. It's called the GamePad Block, and it's from the guy that started off the RetroPie page i think he was the creator or something to do with the creator of the retro pie so this is this has got this has got the raspberry pi in mind and it says connect your favorite arcade and original game controllers to your computer windows mac and linux using the raspberry including raspberry pi with the gamepad block so it's not just for arcade controls it says you can do a lot of other things what do you think? Yeah, this one's not brilliant either. Sorry. <laughs> um, you know how we arcade enthusiasts and console collectors are very particular, and some way people might even say anal about things? Mm. In their advertising video, which I watched, and the three occasions on the website, they refer to Atari 2700 controllers. Have you I ever had an Atari 2700? Not really. That is a bit of an obvious mistake there. It's not clever. They also list three different Atari machines, Commodore 64, Commodore 128, VIC-20, Amiga, etc. When we know they're all just 9-pin joysticks, they're all exactly the same. They fit on all those machines. Why don't they just call mm. them 9-pin joysticks? It looks like the company don't really know what they're talking about, which worries me a little bit. Mm. If I were in the market to buy an interface like this, I'd get a mini-pack from Ultimark which isn't much more money and has enough inputs for two players and a ton of buttons and an optical interface for a spinner or a trackball. It's got an X and Y, a two-way optical, so you can have a spinner or a trackball as well as those other things. And Ultimark nice. are, are a prove, proven company. The, you know the, Their stuff is really, really good. So I'd probably go for that over that one. Hmm. Mm. Mark Hazeman, also known as Retro Clinic, ace uh, repair guy, has developed a repro ROM board for Space Harrier. This is from Mark's entry on the UK VAC Facebook page. Yes, basically, it's just a replacement for the ROM board. This is the first prototype to make sure I had the schematics right. I'll now allow a full-size version that replaces the original and does away with the 32 bipolar EEPROMs, which consume half the output of the cabinet power supply unit and generate all that heat. He's also got a switch on his board, and with a flick of it, can swap games on the same board to Endure Eraser or Space Harrier. Mark is also working towards replacement parts on this board with FPGA, which sounds awesome. So well done, Mark. 
FPGAs are great, aren't they? They absolutely do anything. Yeah, they're not so good at making cakes. But, you know, arcade stuff, very, very good. Uh, it is the way forward, I reckon. I was talking to someone today at the meet I was at earlier about FPGA. Very, mm. very promising stuff coming on. Very promising. Nice. Well, this is not arcade news, but it's damn good. I, I found an error. You know when you go into a web page and you get a 404 error? Yes. It's not working. Well, this this is a big 404, and it's Space Invaders, and you can play it. So that so the the 404 is actually lines of the Space Invaders descending, so you can shoot the the numbers. I'm actually playing it now. Hang on, Vic. Stop playing it and tell me more oh. about it. Oh, I got loads, and, and you got loads of bullets as well. Anyway, say so what? So we're going to put this. We're going to put this uh, URL on the website for people to go to a 404 and play it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, have you uh, seen the new Uniqlo arcade t-shirts? Uniqlo? Yes. Uniqlo I, is I, a Japanese clothes company. In the I, UK. I did about 14 seconds ago when I clicked on it. Yes. Awesome, aren't they? Some nice Dig Dug ones there. Yeah, that Mappy one looks all right. If you like Mappy. I hate Mappy. I'd crush my Mappy under my foot. I still, I've, I Stupid still play mouse. Mappy at Arcade Club. It, there's something about it. I, I might go back to it, you know, because there's lots of techniques. And I know Tronad is really good at it, and he was telling me what to do, and I was ignoring him, so I just wanted to play it. <laughs> I find it's best to ignore Tronads. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the last bit of news. Oh, this yeah. is not this is not exactly arcade. It is kind of Nintendo are taking down ROM sites. And I've put, is this the start of the end? Two big sites nope. have been shut down. Well, uh, actually, yeah, I think they've been shut down. Love ROMs and love retro. I think they're called. And then you paradise. I've, I've taken all their Nintendo ROMs off the site before they get a, well, they had a cease and desist, but before they get sued, they've gone off. I think they're still on MU Paradise as we speak. Yeah, it's getting taken down like, as far as I know. Uh, but they've gone off Cool Roms, which is another big site, Cool Roms. Everything else is there, like Sega, Atari, all that lot. But Nintendo, gone. There's, matter, there's, a, there's a massive, I know, there's a massive conversation about if if they were better at making these old games available we wouldn't need the roms or uh, you know or we've bought them all 17 times anyway anyway there's always there's massive pluses and minuses for roms isn't there yeah it, nintendo are particularly bad at doing this but they, they have been releasing some of their old games as you saw with skyscraper and donkey kong on the switch recently which is a yeah. good thing but then again i'm not sure how the law works if you if you can prove you own said game, say you had a, a broken PCB in your garage of Donkey Kong, mm. you own that machine, you own that PCB with the, their information on it, surely you can play that information any way you like for your own personal use, as long as you're not playing it to make money or whatever, or you know, public showing of it. I'm, I'm sure that's how it works. I, I Don't quote me, you know, I'm not in a court of law, but it just seems a bit mm. ridiculous that a lot of people, you know, you might have a, a Donkey Kong cartridge for the NES. So why can't you play an emulation on your Raspberry Pi? I know. And it's, I don't know if the others will start following suit. I hope not. It, it doesn't matter, mate, because what will happen is those sites will go down and another site will come up in Russia or something where, they, where Nintendo can't touch them or a Chinese yeah. site or from out of Mongolia or wherever. 
So yeah. it's never going to disappear. I mean, they, you know, yeah, they'll of... never stamp out the ROMs because like no. people have got hundreds of thousands. I've got loads on discs from like the nineties. Yeah, exactly. Thousands of them. Uh, no, I haven't. Sorry, I haven't. No. What will happen also, and I think I said about this on Twitter, is even if they do take everything down, people have already got these ROMs on discs and, and hard drives and, and floppy disks from years ago. It'll go back to like we did in the playground. We'll be swapping discs. Mm. And we were sending people and they'd be putting them on bulletin board services and you know privately sending on email attachments. It'll never go away. So it seems a bit futile, really. I should, they should stop wasting their money doing this and put more mini Nintendo machines out, put more games out on the Switch, put more games out on the 3DS, on their... On their you know, their downloadable sites for for cheaper, and they'll get some money back. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the way to do it. It's drop the prices of the old games because it's costing them absolutely nothing to reproduce the games. I think, and they mm. should do that. So yeah, come on, Nintendo, behave yourselves. Harumph. Yeah, you big you big gets. Yes. Arcade pickups. So I've got some more pickups, Vic. Blinking heck. You've got what? It's this Batcave stuff you've been doing lately. Oh, by the way, well done, old son, for taking that up. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure people I'm... are still enjoying the back coast, seeing as Lewis can't do it anymore. Yeah, really enjoying it. He did help out, actually. Oh, he yeah, can't stay away, that lad, can he? Yeah, yeah, he helped out with his setup, and I think he wants to get to a position where he can just turn up and enjoy the night, you know? Yeah, I can imagine, uh, yeah. You'd have to do that. Because he's done it for so long, and he's, he's, he's made it a right nice community. You know, there's really people nice. There's people I... Like, they'll be friends now, and they can't run away because, you know, you can block the door. You've got them under the yoke of the holly oppression. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you've got your got... talons into them. Yeah, it's a great place to do that sort of thing. And I understand mm. when, when you sort of, when you put something up like that, it becomes more, almost like a job. You're running around making sure everything's okay. It'd be nice just to go there and play some games and talk to your friends, have a drink, have a sausage roll, and just enjoy yourself. <laughs> Sausage rolls is an idea. Hey, have you not done that already? You can have that. That idea have, is now yours. We have plates of squidgy, squidgy kind of Haribo-style sweets from the market. What you need is some pork encrusted in pastry. That'd be nice. Flanked in pastry. A f- flanked pork. Yes. Oh, no, I better not go there. Anyway, I've got... Raiden 4 Overkill on the PlayStation 3 for £3.29. That is the best £3.29 you've ever spent. I've played it for like two minutes just testing that it works and then someone collared the telly so I've not, I've not played it since. But it looks very good. They're very good. I had it on the Xbox 360 and I used to have it on Taito Type-X. You remember that, uh, the multi-game of it? Yeah. It's a lovely game. It looks really nice, doesn't it? Well, this has got more modes to it. The Overkill Ooh. The overkill is, I don't know, you perhaps get, I've just had a quick look, you get arcade mode, maybe a caravan mode, maybe a... Mobile home mode. Yeah, mobile home, one that does other things, it doesn't matter. Also, I've got another... Do you know what? All those modes is a bit of an overkill. (laughs) They should have put it in the title. (laughs) Yeah, they've got a couple of cables for the old consoles, so they work. You know, you don't have to RF them. They work with AV. Sean, Com- composite. why don't you just RF off? <laughs> did, did you get a SCART cable for your Mega Drives? No. That's one of the ones you need. About five quid on eBay. Go for it. Right. I got some stuff. Um, mm-hmm. The new glass for my Midway Invaders cocktail has been made. I just haven't picked it up yet, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I got a proper Suzo switching power supply 
and the proper midway power converter PCB that attaches to the switcher for my invaders. Right. I got a Braze Invaders multi kit with high score saved and free play options. It's so good, the Braze kit. It's so, so good. How much are them? Ooh. $55, was it? Not a lot of money. Might have been 85 I don't know. 55 I think. It wasn't a lot of money. That's not bad, is it? Oh, yeah, you get... Uh, ooh, what's the games on there? It was only $55. Space Invaders 1, obviously. Space Invaders Deluxe, which is Space Invaders 2 in UK. Deluxe, yeah. Balloon Bomber. Lunar Rescue. Uh, a game called Jactra Spectre, which was, a, I think, a French version of Space Invaders. It's exactly the same, just that Space Invaders fire a bit more at you. Right. Space Laser, which is a weird game. And the other one's Super Earth Invasion, which is actually a hack of Space Invaders done by Electrocoin, which is a UK company. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. It's, it's like a high... It's a kind of remix of Space Invaders with quite high scoring game. You're like in the 30, 40,000 when you play it. It's not like, you know, you get 10 and 20 points each for the things. But it's yeah, kind okay. of odd version of Space Invaders. Really, really good. I really enjoy that one. But the actual whole kit is brilliant because it's got like... It's got like a configuration mode which you can set all the different settings. It saves the high scores, which is nice. You can put your name in in some of the games, which was never available. Mm-hmm. And it also, as I said, it's got the configuration, so you can actually set your screen up with a nice crosshatch, which is useful when you're setting the black and white screens up. And yeah, I really, really like it. And it's sort of opened up the game a bit more, which is another reason why I'm going to keep that cabinet, because it's like got eight games to play on there now rather than just one. Nice. And it does away with all the old ROMs, which might break down as well. You can actually take the old ROMs out and throw them away if you want. You don't need them anymore. Mm. Yeah, really oh. pleased about that. Uh, I got some Holly Nuts. Oh, yeah, cashews. No, I better explain this. I bought some M5 dome-headed screws and flange nuts Ew. for your control panel of your OK Baby. That's another nice. thing I've been up to, actually. Your OK Baby is up to a point now where it works via the screen, which needs to be repaired, as you know. Mm. All the controls work properly. The switcher in there works properly. Uh, yeah, it works fine. The one or two player start works. Uh, you might need a credit button. We'll talk about that when you get here to pick it up. But yeah, it's working nicely. And that control button looks good on it. Excellent. Yeah, thank you. I am down there next week. You are. To come pick it up and pick up Lewis's Naomi. Yes. That's I've, all I've ready hired... to go. I need to drill out the spare control panel I sold him as well to have six buttons each spit a Street Fighter action for him on there. Ooh, Street Fighter. And that's ready to go as well. Oh, I also bought some of these Konami stickers from eBay. Right. It's just some sort of eight, nine-inch long stickers with Konami and their logo on it. Because so I'm going to put them probably somewhere on my multi-game, my Konami multi-game ISIS cabinet. That'd be nice. Oh, yes. That's about it, I mm. think. Listener feedback. Got some errata here. We got some errata. I blamed it on you. I don't know if it's my fault or yours, but I always blame it on you. Yeah, fair enough. Sp- Spicy Fartbird. Oh, sorry, Space Firebird. Isn't Roger Cantor's favourite game? You know, I said, oh, is it really? It, mm-hmm. it wasn't. It's Rog69's favourite game of all time. Roger's username, Roger Cantor, is rcantor 77 and Rog69 is Rog69. You can see where Sean made the mistake. It might have been me. It, it might have been, been me. It might have been me. Anyway, Roger was very happy he got such a high score without playing the game, weren't he? Yeah, nice one, Rog. 
Yeah, well done, Raj. Anyway, Andrew McCabe. Really sorry to bother you, gentlemen. Love the podcast and seeking advice on arcade sticks. Last week, I bought a Canbar Q4 arcade stick to use with my Pi. Had read reviews saying it was a great stick, but when I started using it, I found the joystick really loose and slow to respond. Mm. I love me some shooting things in fierce games like Gallagher, Gradius, and most arcade classics, but they were terrible with this stick. I did some digging online and read about octagonal restrictor gates and wondered whether fitting one of these would make the stick tight are more responsive as i said really sorry to bother you with this i've tried contacting some uk arcade parts suppliers but haven't had responses is there any off-the-shelf arcades that you would recommend i recommended that hoary thing because it's a it's a good all-rounder for me that it's a hoary fighting stick three and i still use it about three years later hmm and it's put, the main reason I went for the Kambar is I heard the Sanwar stick buttons were really good and wanted something reliable. Had an X-Arcade and Hori sticks before and neither lasted very long. Anyway, advice would be gratefully received. Loving the podcast. Right then, Andrew, please do not apologise for asking for advice. It's the only way you can find stuff out, mate. We'll be happy to help you out with this one. It's the only way to learn. Uh, this show's tech tip a little bit later on in the show. I will address this matter for you just then. Nice! I've got a, I think mine was a Hori stick as well. It was, um, I think it was the Tekken one released for the PlayStation. But it's been completely gutted. I put new joysticks in it, new buttons. I actually made the faceplate again because when I got it, it was actually absolutely butchered. And I had to fix it. But I use that on my computer to play the main games when we're doing bits and bobs. And it works lovely. Mm. And what I did in the bottom of it, where the bottom plate goes on, I cut a big round hole in it so I can actually reach the restrictor in there. So I can change mm. it from four-way to eight-way really easy without taking the whole bottom of it off. So that's a nice way of doing things. Brian Hambly. Hey, guys. Some feedback on this week's excellent game pick, Space Firebird. Mm. Always loved this from back in the day. One of those games that has tons of nostalgia for me and always reminds me of holidays in Wales back in my youth. Initially, it's easy to make comparisons to Galaxian, but they are totally different. It's hard to be accurate like you can with Galaxian. You have to rely on firing multiple shots in bursts, often leaving you without a shot when you need it because you fired off all four shots. I have to wait for them to hit before you get another. And it's hard to find a real use for the warp other than that last resort to save your life if you can react quick enough. One thing I didn't know was about the perfect bonus, which we didn't know about. No. Thousand points is a massive in-game like this, so thanks to the Tempe challenge. I think you've got to shoot all the birds and not let any get away, and you get a thousand point bonus for hitting all 50. Yeah. All in all, it's probably the best game of its kind. I'm sure you will agree. No. And it goes without saying that its class and quality shines through keeping you coming back for more. Also, no. Spent so much time playing this over the weekend, I didn't have time to watch all the Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2. Such is the sheer perfection of this game. Anyway, love the new format of the show, alternating between utter abomination followed by absolute classic. Zane Sleena, <laughs> Bubble Bubble, then Jungle King, then Space Firebird. Can't wait for next week's Lemon. Oh, no. By the way, can I suggest track and field on game after last round setting? Everyone should be able to complete a round and scores will all come down to times and distances. Thanks, Brian. We probably won't do track and field. Yeah. Because it's one of those games you've got to have controls for. You've got buttons for controls again. And battering away on a PC would be different from an arcade machine, I think, or using a joystick. So it's not really a game we will go for. And I can't do the shot put at the end either. Not for love, not money. No. Mm. Mm. Bjorn Wilberg from Sweden I seem to always share Sean's taste in most of your disputes about games but thank god that Sportball World Cup is over 
I did talk about it a bit much, you know. Something to do with foosball, I don't know. Only, only one show there, I'm alright now. Ed Horse, great podcast chaps. Next game looks like Flicky Trike, going to be a high scoring one too. Mm. Certainly was Bill Wellham. I reckon it. I reckon it's definitely an unknown classic. Everyone is going to love this game. And Tron had his put. Except for me, I've taken an instant dislike to it. Did he put a harumph in there? He didn't. Mm. Oh, I better do this one. Yeah, it's from Sol. Great podcast. I adore Tucky in the arcade, and the Atari Link version were Bob on. Or should that be baboon? <laughs> All this talk of Darius is also very welcome. I've attached a picture of my favourite Darius. He seemed to go unmentioned. And he put a picture of the Scottish gimpy pop star Darius. Yeah, he did. Uh, Rog69. Enjoyable podcast. It helped keep me sane on a drive into London this week. I'm genuinely surprised at the reaction to the game, though. He's talking about Space Firebird, which is his, his favourite, Sean. Oh, It's one of my top five of all time, and I always thought it was considered a bit of a classic. Still, each to their own. I think there was something a bit off with the gameplay in MAME, though. Either that or I'm getting older. I used to regularly top 10k on real hardware, but I usually struggled to break 6k on MAME. My score of 9k plus was a bit of a fluke, really. That was me and not Roger Cantor at number three. He says I got them mixed up. No, it wasn't me. Yeah, Definitely yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 he did. There was one gameplay element that you missed out on. If you destroy all 50 enemies in each wave, you get the perfect bonus of 1,000. The enemies only pass by once. If you miss one, you lose the chance of the bonus. Apart from the last group in each wave, which will pass by several times. This was actually a sequel to this too, which we missed, Sean. Space Demon was made by Nintendo, but licensed out to somewhere else. All they seem to have done, though, is change the graphics of Space Firebird and mix the levels up. They also choose a colour palette that makes your eyes bleed and made your ship much bigger and easier to hit. Ooh, I don't want that. Yeah, no, definitely not. So Roger Cantor says, Yeah, I already told Vic of his mistake, lol, but I was quite pleased to get in the top three without even taking part. Well done. Nil 20 to 5. We shared a shower, guys. New waterproof Bluetooth speaker. It was a pleasure. Now, let me just address this. Neil was listening to us in the shower. That's all that happened. What goes on in Neil's shower stays in Neil's shower. <laughs> right, this is Trollnads. Uh-huh. Shame on Sean Holly and Tenpence Arcade for getting the Galaxian scoring wrong. How many points do you get for shooting two attacking fighter escorts and then the flagship as they descend? 800, we said, and you, I said, yes, that's correct. But it's it is a thousand because you get you shoot shoot hundred points each of the two fighter escorts and then you get eight hundred for shooting the flagship. So it, technically, it's a thousand for them. Sean, three. when you shoot yeah. the the flagship, what does it say on the screen? Eight hundred. We'll leave it at that. Jerry Levine. <laughs> oh, I keep missing my chance to give feedback and submit a score. Maybe next time. We'll listen to this tomorrow on the commute. Robert McNally Rafferty did I hear you right you were concerned that the wall adapter rated at 1500 watts wasn't going to be adequate my maths may be off but I think you could comfortably play 5 classic arcade games with 1.5 kilowatts especially if you power them up individually funny podcast as always and I especially like the eyewitness report from Japan that's with Garen I answered this on Facebook I think that you put it on to our 10 pence Facebook page that little wall adapter is actually a travel adapter. It's not a proper step down as far as I know. It's a horrible little white thing. I sent him a picture of it, a manky looking white thing. And I said, 
tell you what, I'll send it to you. You plug it in, you plug an American extension into it and run five cabs on it, and we'll see how big the fire goes. Because <laughs> I don't believe that thing could run one safely. And also, when I actually tested it in the wall, when it was plugged in, I tested it by my meter, it was only outputting 85 volts AC, when it should have been outputting 115. Yeah. So there was definitely something wrong with it. It did, it did play the cab, but I wasn't happy using it. So I, mm. you know, I, I, I converted it to UK power. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw that thing away. It was horrible looking thing. Horrible. Uh, Cine Steve, awesome show as also, guys. Touching on your mention of Super Off-Road, was that the first game you had to put your age in? Did that affect difficulty too? In fact, I can't think of another game you got asked. On Gradius, I think when you, you put your name in at the end of that, it asks for your star sign and your age and your sex. So that's Does one it, other game that asks yeah. for your age, yeah. Or your is, birthday, is it, maybe, it asks for. Yeah, there is something like that, isn't there, isn't what, One of the mm. Gradius games, or the Nemesis games, does it, yeah. Mm. Salbug, I think Sean has discovered a very nice little gem. This is with Spatter. I've never mm. heard of this game before. Never seen it in an arcade or heard about, heard about it from my nerdy arcade friends. I really like it, though. The graphics and sound were very good, and the gameplay mechanics were completely original. My only complaint was that the music, which became aggravating over time. Paul Higgins. Hi, Victor. Just listen to the latest podcast you mentioned about putting your UltraStick 360 into a main cabinet you have in the future. I also have an UltraStick, and I'm in the process of trying to install mine into one of the Pi to Jamma setups in my standard machine. After quite a few failed attempts, I've been in contact with Jochen Zuerberg on the Facebook Pi to Jamma group, and is more than happy to help me. So I'm sending over my UltraStick for him to start testing and hopefully create firmware to add to my setup. I'll keep you posted, and if it's successful, I'll send over the additional software for your future project, if that helps. So thank you, Paul, for that. But I tried using my UltraStick on my Mac, and it worked perfectly through MAME. I tried it on a PC setup in on Windows in here, and it worked perfectly. And I plugged it into my MAME Pi setup, sorry, my Linux setup that um, Rich Gregory did for me, which is a Linux PC, and it works absolutely fine on there. So I'm not sure what software it uses with the Pi to Jammer or what version of the name it uses, but I don't think it was working on there. But all the, the machines I've tried it on, it just works perfectly as an analog stick. So yeah, I'm, right. I'm happy with what I've got. It's, it seems to work fine. Ooh. Ben of Steel sent us this link. Very important, this, for our podcast. Oh, yes. What, what does your favourite biscuit say about you? So I go down to custard cream. It says, you are someone who loves loves the idea of living in an exotic lifestyle but wouldn't know what to do with it. Oh, cheeky gets. They haven't I got love... dark chocolate hobnobs in there because I can't be, be pigeonholed in that. They've got Jaffa cake. You find life very confusing. A biscuit that's actually a cake allows you to have your biscuit and uh, eat it. Mm, I could agree with that. So basically, you are custody and creamy. Aye. Nice biscuit. You love bling. The Cardassians dress too conservatively for you. Unfortunately, your budget only stretches to Primark. Oh, God damn it, Primark. Painful. And one more digestive. You are happy with your lot. Things could be better. Things could be worse. Thanks mm. for that, Ben of Steel. Shout outs. Shout outs, right. Last time. I missed a shout out for Darren Hatton, who's made me a cool little Linux utility to filter out all the unwanted stuff in MAME. You can, I, I didn't, I just showed you a screenshot of it, but you can actually, it, it's just like a little terminal that comes up and you can 
you know, can put the pinballs in or take them out. You can put the adult games in or take them out. And the mahjong, the card, and, and once you've ticked or unticked all these little boxes, then it generates yeah. a te- text file, and you can use that text file with a couple of other commands to filter out all the old, all Ooh. the stuff you don't want. I tell you what, when you come next week, can you bring that on a little memory stick, and we'll have a go at my. If we've got time, we'll have a go at my uh, Linux PC which is the one Rich Gregory yeah. did for me. And I like to do some of that stuff on there because it, it, it emulates all the computers, the mechanical games, the fruit machines, which is the, the kind of stuff in MAME I really dislike. It doesn't mm. need to do all that, does it? How many no. people do you know ever, ever have emulated a fruit machine who've actually made or restored a fruit machine and used MAME in it to run that? I don't think you even can do that, so why bother? Mm. Silly, There's isn't it? All- yeah, I think MAME's tried to be so complete with all these other emulators built into it. Well, it got sort of merged into MESS, didn't it? Which was like the, yeah. the counterpart that does all the console and the computers. They should have just mm. kept them separate, I think. There's even like handheld stuff on there and, and that. And yeah, like, it, it works the VFD like, games and stuff. And I think I've got a feeling it sounds silly, but I think they even do like programmable calculators it emulates. Why? What's the point? Mm-hmm. Stupid. <laughs> anyway, also thanks to Trollnads for giving me a lift to an arcade club last night in his super new car. What super new car he's got? It's it's VW Summer. It's it's low, black and sporty. And when you put your foot down on the accelerator, it makes that popping sound out of the exhaust like a rally car. Pop, oh, pop. that's the VW Midlife Crisis. That's what it is. Mm. And also, he's got a skateboard, which is very Midlife Crisis, isn't it, Trollnads? Trollnads has got a what? A skateboard, motorized skateboard thingy. <laughs> you can see him <laughs> really? on a Tuesday night going up and down Fleetwood Seafront. Oh, who's that? It's Trollnads. Does he wear his knee pads and a helmet? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Helmeted Trollnads. I must give a big, massive shout out to Smarty Martin, who laid on a really cool little day today for us. It is house, the Smart Meat 7. I mm. baked a cake last night for it. You sure you did, and not Mrs. Tompkins. No, it was me. It's me. I did it. I did. A, I did a, a Victoria sponge cake, and I. What's it called when you put that stuff over it? Iced it. I iced yeah. it black and put a big white space invader in icing on it, and I put the numbers seven in binary in red because it was a smart meat seven. Went down what's, well. I got a picture of it. I'll put it on the web, website. What's seven in binary? One one one. one. Oh. Is it one one one? Yeah, five zeros. One one one. Because you know it goes from right to left. One plus two oh, plus right. four, isn't it? it? Yeah. Don't look up like that. They're not going to tell you on the ceiling, are they? I'm just trying to think. Binary goes from right to left? Yes. I didn't know that. Mm, you do now. And everyone who was there, nice to meet you all. Well, meet you all. I know you all there. So good to see you all, guys. Really nice time. I played a bit of... I played Fire Truck for the first time. Oh. I've always seen his Fire Truck. I've never played it. It's a lot of fun. It's basically just a steering game. But it, it's mm. daft and fun, especially when you play two players. I was playing with Dave, and we crashed into a lot of things. Mm. Many I've, I've, things were crashed into. I've been to one of his meets a couple of years ago. It was a really good day. It's when, it's when I first started getting into Centipede there. Yeah. That's when we were really hung over that day, wasn't it? Oh, God, that was we were poorly, weren't we? Yeah. Me more than you. Ooh. Tech Tips. We talked earlier about improving the feel of controls. And I'm pretty sure we've gone over this before, but we'll sort of do it again in a bit more detail. 
So the feel of controls is entirely suited to the user of said controls. It's a personal thing. Everyone's got their own preference to buttons and joysticks. Even spinners, you know, pot controls, trackballs, analog joysticks all have a different feel and functionality. So buttons come in different types. Old school leaf buttons, where the button plunger hits a thin piece of metal, which in turn hits another thin piece of metal, which are leaf switches to make the contact. The buttons can have soft or hard springs inside the plastic button unit. The gap between the plunger and the top leaf can also make a difference to the feel. Some leafs even have a plastic stiffener to make the feel even stiffer. For instance, go press some buttons on an original Donkey Kong machine, which uses leaf buttons and a micro-switch combination underneath, compared to the leaf buttons of an original Zack, The Invaders. You almost have to hit the Zack with a hammer to make the cannon go left or right. They've got really stiff springs in there and the green buttons. Mm. As above, Nintendo machines and Taito cocktails, for instance, use leaf switch buttons and micro switches underneath them for a very particular feel. The next type of buttons are micro switch buttons. The plunger hits a micro switch to make contact. The actual micro switch will have a weight value of how many grams or pounds it takes to make the switch click. Obviously, a heavier weight is a stiffer press. The spring inside the micro switch button also affects the feel of the press. Now, next comes the Japanese style of buttons. Main manufacturers are Sumitsu and Sanwa. I think Crown are a Korean make. They do them as well. The buttons come in various flavours with very quiet microswitches in them, opposed to the noisy clickety-clack of a regular HAP-style microswitch button. The feel mm. of most Japanese buttons are very similar, but you can get concave, flat, and convex-shaped buttons. I prefer the Sumitsu flat buttons. As for joysticks, they came in leaf and microswitch varieties as well. Analog joysticks actually move a pot attached to each axis, giving an entirely different feel. Some leaf switch joysticks, Pac-Man or a Wicko stick for instance, use rubber grommets to centre the joystick, while others use different strengths of springs. Thinner or thicker and smaller or larger springs all affect the feel. The actuator is a round or sometimes square shaped washer that's around the shaft of the stick and physically hits the switches on the joystick. A large actuator will hit the switches faster as less distance between them is moved when the stick is pushed. And a smaller diameter actuator creates more travel. You have to move it further for it to hit the switches. If you want a quick acting joystick, you need a larger, closer to the switches actuator. However, you may notice you are hitting diagonals by accident when you are wanting cardinal directions as the actuator is closer to them, leaving less room for error. This is where a restrictor or gate comes in handy. This is a unit that attaches to the bottom of the joystick. It has a square-shaped aperture around the bottom of the joystick shaft, which guides or restricts the stick. If you're just wanting a four-way restrictor, which is diamond-shaped, it will only allow the shaft into the north, south, east, and west positions and not allow diagonals. Now, you turn the diamond 45 degrees to make it square, and then all eight ways can be achieved. But if you want specific eight ways, octagonal restrictors are available for certain joysticks. Even round ones can be bought for games that use sweeping motions, such as fighting games. Older two-way games can also have a slot restrictor to allow for left and right, Invaders or Galaxian, etc., or up and down, Defender, Puyan, games like that. Mm. So to answer Andrew's question from earlier in the show, you need to have a look out on Supplier's website. I recommend probably Arcade World UK, for instance. They're the biggest one in the UK and the only one you can really get stuff from. Uh, For a larger actuator, which you can buy off them, a stiffer spring maybe, or maybe even a restrictor, or all three. So take your can bar stick apart and see if you can actually turn the restrictor on the bottom from square to diamond shape if you want eight or four-way. Or see if you can get yourself an octagonal one for the best of both worlds. 
I do know that some of these joysticks have two small stubs on the bottom that you squeeze and turn. They're very stiff mm. to start with, and some people don't even realise they can turn. And it took me probably a year when I first got one of these sticks to realise that that bit on the bottom can go from square to diagonal, to, to diamond shape, sorry. Mm. So have a, if it's got two little nubs on it, squeeze them together and just turn the thing around and see if you can turn it 90 degrees. So that's probably the best way is an actuator, a spring, or, or an actual restrictor on the bottom. That will help your joystick control a lot better. Nice. Best games by year. Okay, the year, bum bum bum, is 1990. 1990, Vic. That's when I started work. <laughs> Did you start work in 1990? Yeah. I, 87 I started. You're a little bit older than me, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I Good it year, it was, good year. It was messing, messing around, really. But, yeah, we've, we're out of the golden age now when we're into the into the jammer age really aren't we yeah it's getting that way there's i mm. find there's less games that are any good now but some notable mm. ones first one for me is 1941 by capcom one of the many follow-ups to 1942 the best vertical shooter ever possibly yeah is that the one where you bounce off the walls it's a very weird mechanic i think it's that one you bounce as off one... walls it's a yeah, plane it's... game there's no walls yeah. in the sky if if you hit, you're going through a canyon, and if you hit the side of the canyon, the the ship, the aircraft spins, and you lose a bit of health. I think it's oh. one of the 1941s. I don't think I've been that far in the game to do that. I'll have to have a look. Yeah. Aliens I've put in here from me. No. <laughs> uh, does anyone want to buy an original PCB? I've got one. I was sent one as a joke. Does anyone want to buy it? It's a great game, really. It's not. It is good. It's rubbish. It is, I liked it. Columns from Sega, they're, they're sort of version of Tetris, which is not bad. It's all, it, It's been on like 500 compilations, so people must like it. It's quite different from Tetris and quite playable. I quite like it. Mm-hmm. Dragon Saber from Namco, the follow-up to Dragon Spirit, a nice little dragon vertical shoot-em-up. Football Champ by Taito, everyone's favourite test PCB or doorstop. Mm. This is the biggie. Galaxian 3 Theatre from Namco. The big, is it six-seater job that Bruno's got? It's massive. It's got like three laserdisc players in it. and Oh, it's ridiculous. Huge thing. I, you need a whole room I, to play it. I did play one of these. I think it was in Blackpool. And it, I, it's only like years later I realised what it was. I didn't know it was called Galaxian 3 or anything, but I've it, definitely played it. It's not like a Galaxian game at all, is it? Um, no. Do you fancy converting your front room into one? I'd, I'd give it a do. You'd get give a TV in there, wouldn't you? You need a few TVs. And the sofa. Mm. Mm. Hattress from Video System. This is actually an official Tetris sequel from the original designer. From that, Alex- really? That doesn't sound right. Yeah, it's Alexei Patrapetapetov. Well done. Yeah. And you've got to rearrange hats. Yeah. As in so the name Tetris. It's a bit. It's quite Tetris-like, really. You know, it's like the the falling objects puzzle game. Yeah. You've got League Bowling from SNK. Loads oh. of fun with this. Uh, once at the back cave, four players. Okay. Really good. Mad Dog McCree, the first live-action light gun game from American Laser Games. Important game that. Isn't it rubbish? It is a bit. Mm. No, I think it's all right. I think, wasn't there something where you could play it 
with a on a TV screen with a DVD remote, and it would just flick to different bits of the film. Oh, that sounds bad. There's something like that. Oh no, Laserdisc. No, 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 no. Don't like it. Mercs from Capcom, Commando sequel, and an unusual three-player cab. There's not many three players, is there? You've got Rampage, Moonwalker, I've, Ivan Stewart's off-road baloney. Yeah, thing. and the ones I just yeah. said. Yeah. Oh, Moonwalker, yeah, Sega. Surprisingly okay. Is it? I quite like it. <laughs> Neo Geo was out this year. So there's, loads... <laughs> there's loads of Neo Geo MVS games, you know, all the release games that, that were bundled with it. Some of them really good. Yeah, some are quite good. Mm. Outzone from Toaplan. Impossible what? Vertical on foot shooter. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, Parodius Da. By Konami. Is this the best Gradius game, do you reckon? Mm. I don't know. It is a good one. It is a good one. So it's alright. Pit Fighter from Atari, the first digitised fighter And ever. also, officially, the shittest fighting game ever. <laughs> uh, okay. Raiden, Saibukuhatsu, the best vertical shooter. No. Yes. No. Carry on. Nothing. Oh, then. Radmobile from Sega, the first appearance of Sonic. He's bouncing around on on Rear a little mirror chain, dangler. On the weird, weird, weird mirror. Sean, have weird... you got a dangler on your rear view mirror? No, I get arrested. I think. Mm. Search and rescue. Right, I've put this on from SNK. It's a rotary controller thing. You go up the screen, so it's like Ikari Warriors kind of thing. But me and a mate used to credit through this in a pub in the nineties. I've Must actually got the PCB of this. Um, we could do it. We, we got we got pretty good and we weren't ploughing too many 10 pences in. And it was two players. I really enjoyed playing it, you know. Got a bit of a crowd around us, you know, all the girls like no, giving us their, their phone numbers. And that didn't happen, Sean. Buying a stri- no, it didn't. No. No. I've actually got a PCB of this. I got it from the Welsh Ray. It doesn't work, though. Right. Mm. Uh, Smash TV from Williams. Excellent two-player modern Robotron. Awesome game. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Good luck. You're going to need it. Snow Brothers from Teleplan. Weird bubble bubble type game. I like it more than bubble bubble. Snow it's Brothers. It's a bit creepy. I, I think don't like I the characters. The yeah, we played it for the mm. challenge. I didn't like it much. Super Space Invaders 91. Also called, I think it's Majestic 12 or something. Is it something like that? They're stealing the cows, I've put. It's the cow stealing game. I thought it was this game. Um, what a coals cues again they're big fat horses you get milk from oh uh, milky horses yeah yeah i get it yeah, yeah milky horses yeah <laughs> thunder force ac thunder force arcade from sega mega drive to arcade port not the other way around that's not, unusual not many of that haven't did it no uh, trog also from williams ace multiplayer daft maze game with cavemen Yay! I love a good caveman, me. Good it, Trogs. Anyway, <laughs> loads of Tetris clones, PlayChoice 10 games, Mahjong 8, and Nudie Line games this year. There's all the rage with all the Nudie Line games, on not mm. it? It still surprises me how many Mahjong games were done. I can't believe it. There's like hundreds and hundreds, and it's just Mahjong. It's well, the mahjong you're talking about isn't the matching game we think of in the West, where you take mm. a tile and then take an adjacent tile. It's the betting game mahjong, but that is massive right. in the Eastern countries, uh, Japan and China, and probably Korea. 
So, you know, they, they, they love betting in those countries. And it's still big now. And they had the proper panels for the games with like you know, 20 buttons on or whatever. So, yeah, it was always big. And we didn't really get the game over it. It's not a game we play in the West. So, yeah, that's mm. probably why. Arcade quiz time. I have an almost impossible quiz. Look, just here, Sean. Look, on paper. I couldn't have read that. Yep. No, I haven't. You have roughly two minutes. We're not really taking time, especially after I edit out your uh, 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 as well. <laughs> so, you ready for a quiz, mate? You're right there. Yeah. Okay. Right. Sean Holly, your specialised yeah. subject is. Uh, arcade games, Vic, from from the year 1972 to 1973. Nice. There's only two come out. This is going to be maybe. irrelevant. Right. Okay. You ready for me to start the timer? Yep. You have two minutes starting now. What game is Cook Race a clone of? Cook Race? Burger Time? Yes. Ping. Oh, yay. What kind of a game is Chiller? Platformer. No, it's a gun game. Oh, how do you get extra lives on Circus Charlie on the first level, the lion level? Oh, I can't remember. Do you you have to jump backwards or something? Well, you have that jump multiple times at the start before moving. Mm. What kind of game is Chuck a Tyson? Chuck a Tyson? Is that like a shooter? What kind? Vertical, obviously. No, it's a horizontal shooter. Oh, yeah. What oh, game is Tip Top a clone of? Tip top. Mm-hmm. Tip. tip. And I must hurry you. Clues in the name, is it? No. Uh, tip top. Is it a version of Food Fight? Nope. Congo Bongo. Who made the racing game Checkered Flag? Namco. Konami. Damn it. What processor does Sheriff, Space Launcher, and Space Invaders use? 6502. Nope. It's an Intel 8080. Oh. Name three Universal games that came out before 1982. Ladybug, Cosmic Alien, Cosmic Gorilla. Yes. Well done. You could have had Galaxy Wars, Cheeky Mouse, Devil Zone, Magical Spot, No Man's Land, Space Panic, Zero, Zero Hour as well. Ooh. Number nine. Name three games that begin with Z that haven't got the word zero in their title. This is like, that's three questions. <laughs> no, it isn't. Like... Or you can have right, 30 then. seconds. Get on with it. There's one called Zizix. I know that. Yep. Is there one called Zector or something? Z-E-C-T-O-R. Yep, Zector with a K, actually. Yeah, that's two. One more. Come on, this is easy. Zor, Z-O-R-A. Yes. Well done. You could, wow. have had, you could have had Zaxxon, Zavaga, Zigzag, Zip and Zap, Zombie Raid, Zookeeper, Zunzun Q no Yabu, and Zwackery. Wow. Well last question. So I've got have, over 10 already. Last question. You should know this one. Have right. I ever got more than 506,000 on Dig Dug before? No. No, it's 505,000 and something. Well <laughs> done. You got some questions correct, but not many. I got loads there. You got about three. I got six on the last two questions. I think I got a nine out of ten there. No, 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 no. But well done. Enjoy mm. them. Enjoy them peaches. I was counting, and he got five. Ah, uh, disappointed about winning run. I should have known that. Hmm. Winning run. 
What was it called? Checkered flag. That's why you didn't know. <laughs> Fool. That's probably what you thought it was Namco, you twit. <laughs> oh dear. Featured game review. Right then. We had a little bit of a dispute about this. We did. Now, this game, I had one night where I was free to do some writing for the podcast notes. I don't often get time to do it, and I have to sort of do bits and bobs. I had loads of time to spend, and I just got into writing about this game, Mm. and there is a reason why. So you want to do this because it's your game. So what I'll do is I'll let you read out what I wrote. Right. Because I thought we And you can add in your bits. We normally do, but I got excited. Sorry. So you, yeah, it's all right. But I thought they're good. They're, I couldn't have done better, so I thought. Oh, you but know, you know I'll how I, I moaned about this game being a silly, flicky copy. Mm. I changed my mind. Hey, that's good. Which nobody was expecting. I couldn't <laughs> help it. I couldn't help it. So, get yeah, on with it. Tell me about it. Spatter from Sega, nineteen eighty-four. Uses their System One hardware, same as Choplifter, Regulus, Wonder Boy, and of course Flicky, and you'll understand why. System 1 hardware is a Z80 at 4 MHz CPU and 2 SN76496 for sound. It's a horizontal game. You control the character with a four-way stick and one button. The button is to jump off the track against a bendy barrier or to throw a block onto a platform on the bonus levels. It's very, it's very useful having a four-way stick as well. It's not so good with an eight-way, is it? Now, do you know what I did? Mm-hmm. I, I was trying on keyboard. I was trying with a little Ooh, yeah. US, a little USB joystick, and I, I tried with my Hori stick, which is eight way. I've got another Hori stick, but it's it's jiggered. It's just not It's not responding right. Oh, so I took the four way resti- restrictor off of that and put it onto my working Hori, but it it just didn't fit right. So the guy kept moving right. <laughs> <laughs> So I played a few games and I got a decent score. I thought, I can't carry on like this. So I had to take the restrictor back off. So I have played with an eight-way stick mostly and I've had to be really careful with the turning. You know, What you need to do is listen back to this podcast when it's released and take notice of what I said on the last tech tip and buy yourself a joystick with a restrictor on the bottom to put in yeah. your hurry. Yeah, I will mm. do. Right, okay. This is from the flyer. Hmm. This flyer says, an intriguing video game starring an adorable little child riding on a tricycle. Guide the little one through the mazes in pursuit of the lovely flowers, picking them one by one. Then suddenly the enemy appears and chases you. Oops, it looks like you're in for big trouble. You've got to stay out of their clutches. Keep advancing while skillfully manoeuvring in an effort to dodge them. One way is to jump jump at the fence if you find yourself in a pinch. Send the enemies flying helter-skelter in all directions. Spatter is a truly fast-paced game which puts you, the player, right in the thick of it. Intense action and requires a maximum in eye and hand coordinated movements to amass a high score. Do you know what I think this is? What is it? I think it's an American description of a Japanese game and they have no idea what is going on. Well, I think that's quite um, a good description. But the there's, a, there's obviously a story behind it which we don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so because the character yeah. is used later on in Sega games. So we've got um, another bit of the flyer here, and it tells you a little bit about the characters. So it says, "Manoeuvre Spatter so as to capture all of the flowers in the maze." That's fair enough. Uh, mm. When Spatter is near the fence, press the button to jump against it and evade the enemies, or to hit and destroy the opponent on the other side. Also, can be defeated by hitting with flying blocks. Uh, the kinds of enemies, you've got these weird little cat things in a car. This fellow yeah. is physically big, but can be easily defeated by using the fence and the blocks. And mm. you've got this weird little 
whirly jig bug thing. These will chase you at high speed and can be destroyed by utilizing the blocks only. And then you've mm. got this weird. It looks like out of Mr. Driller. It's like a kind of uh, steamroller. This yeah. foe cannot be beaten. The only way you can evade it is to escape, but it will chase you at an accelerated pace and demolish the blocks in its path. When coming into contact with the enemy, Spatter will be the loser. <laughs> the effective use of the blocks enables you to score many points. Clearing round 2, 6, 10, 14, etc. will result in a bonus scene. Mm. Now, there are 100 levels in this game, and you get this after the last level. Congratulations. Bonus points. 1 million points. You are a great player. Game over. Mm. This game has lots of similarities to Flicky. Mm. You've got eight... Instead of the eight chicks to collect, you've got eight flowers. Stupid if, birds, yeah. You've got a time limit. You do it quicker and you get 20,000... If you do it in 19 seconds or less, you get 20,000 bonus points. Yeah, all the way down like, to after a minute, you get no bonus points. Which is like Flicky. Yeah. You get... Every so often you get a bonus level, which is a platformer, which plays like the actual flicky main game, but with no skiddy, no skiddy flicky. So you know, you... Like the Zookeeper bonus mm. level as well, isn't it? Yeah. They're moving, you... they're, they're moving platforms. This one's you stay still. And it's a wraparound screen like flicky, the bonus levels. Yeah. Yeah, very similar. Mm. And on the yeah, same the... hardware. The graphics are very similar and they're really bright and colourful. Quite well animated, I think, is the little the little guy. Definitely. He's really good. What's it called in Japan? It's sort of Sanrin-chan or something, meaning tricycle boy or something, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, we've got some stuff about that as well. Yeah, so that there's lots of f- familiarities with Flicky, I think. And it, even though it's not a platform game, it's an overhead maze game, it's... it's yeah, there's lots of things there. You can. It is the same designer. You've, you yes. found that out, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, tips and secrets. There's hundreds, hundreds. It's a game of deep oh, depth. It really is. Yeah, it is. Smash multiple multiple baddies at once for more points. I once got ten thousand for smashing four or five baddies with one box. I I didn't know this actually. I've got you get one or two, you get two thousand. I didn't realize you get so many at the same time. If you knock them with a bendy barry, you only get like ten points. Yeah, or hundred. Yeah, because you, you get can... nothing for it. I think it was really low scoring, like silly low scoring for knocking them off. So it doesn't really pay to knock them off with a bendy unless you really need to. Yeah, I think it stops point pressing. And also, you, especially on the early levels, you might as well complete the levels as quickly as possible to get the bonus points instead of smashing, instead of saying on the level and trying to smash all the guys because it's very rare you're going to get 10,000 bonus points from smashing the guys because after a minute things start speeding up and you get more of them steamrollers you've got to get off the level quick kind of thing yeah it is, it is a speedy game but also when you do the level quickly make sure you break break the silver block on every level there's normally mm. there's like they look like breeze blocks they're yeah. pink but there is one silver block in each level and you get 2000 point diamond out of it uh if you keep doing them each level the one on level six will turn into a heart and it's worth 50,000 points if you're killed before actually collecting the diamond, you'll get to do the level again. Break the silver block on the level again. It might be in a different place, but do that and collect it for the 2,000-point diamond to keep the chain going. Also, if you continue getting every silver block on level 13, the block disappears, and you get a little penguin type of guy. Collect him, and it's 100,000 points. I never got that far, but yeah. Imagine if you did it 
like to level 20 maybe maybe there's a different one i'd never got that well, far well level 20 there's another another 50,000 diamond oh okay level 26 i didn't get to this but i like credited through to have a look or, or put cheats on you there's no continue option which is weird there's mm. no con- yeah so i put cheats on just because i wanted to see all the levels and at level 26 I smashed a silver block, and there was something that looked like an aerosol can or something. I just grabbed it really quick, and that's 500,000 points. Oh, wow. So that's another thing, like Flicky, where you can get massive... You get a million-point bonus on one of the Flicky things, I think. If if you get every chick up to level 35 or something... You I know, remember you get that, all, yeah. Yeah, and so there's another similarity, and it was 500,000. Saying that 500,000, I can now understand some of the scores we've had from some other listeners. I didn't know yeah. that until now. I don't know if anyone got that, you know. But On the bonus level, get all the fruit and jump to the girl at the top to deliver your flowers, and you get a happy bonus of 10,000 points and 1,000 points for each fruit you get, maximum of 10,000. So 20k is achievable on each bonus level. And also, we found out, if you don't touch any of the fruit, which is quite difficult, and reach the girl at the top without collecting any, you get a 50,000 point bonus, which I call the diet bonus. Yeah, thank you to Neil twenty to five for working that out. I never would have worked that out. He's a good lad, that Neil. I didn't know about that at all. Thank you. So, so that's so that's two ways to get massive points: the silver boxes and not collecting any fruit. But it is it is quite hard to do. You've got to grab the floating paper planes that appear for two thousand points. If you hang around, you can get a few. I was hoping they'd go like four thousand, then eight thousand, then sixteen. But I think they're all two thousand. Is this on the same level? You can get more than one paper plane on the same level? Yeah. All right, okay, I didn't know that. Because they sort of float around and they're quite hard to grab. Mm. But I think Neil was saying, if you know where they come in on the screen, you can wait for it and get it every time. Yeah. The, also, yeah, there's another thing. This game, with Flicky, you can pattern it. You can memorise the levels and just pattern it. And this game, you can. You can do that as well. But yeah. if you want to get all the silver boxes, they appear in random places. So it it's you can't pattern it because you're looking for this box because you want that hundred thousand bonus yeah i sort of when i'm going around doing the level quite quickly i look out for the silver one and keep an eye on my last flower and don't get the last flower before you get the diamond mm. but usually as you're you're traveling around trying to get the flowers you come across the silver block and just knock it out and get the diamond but i, I always go for it though because i knew about that bonus always go for it that's more important yeah. than getting a ten thousand twenty thousand bonuses I think it's a genius game design that to to, to stop patterning. Yeah, it and is. It, it also it makes it interesting because you never you, you you know you're playing the same levels you know like twenty levels if you get to level twenty you're playing them over and over again but each time you might be playing just a little bit different looking for this block so it's not boring. That is what I didn't like about Flicky. You have to mm. pattern everything, do things the same way every single time you play it to get the big bonuses, and if you miss something. You might as well just, you know, restart the game. And I hate doing that. That's why I fell out of love with Flicky in the first place. Mm. I don't like having to do patterns. Well, on some games, it's not so bad, but that one particularly bothered me. But this has combated that quite well. Mm. You put it, remember this game isn't like Pac-Man. You can stop your tricycle. He comes to a stop, doesn't he? Yeah. I so never can... knew that at first until I played it for quite a few times and realised, oh, it's not like Pac-Man. You can stop. Because I was having mm-hmm. trouble sort of going around corners and stuff. You can actually slow down and wait and wait for the baddies and get them with a block or take your time, especially on the bonus levels. You have to sort mm. of just edge your way around. If you don't want to get any of the, of, of the fruits, 
you have to edge your way across and bounce and jump over stuff to miss the fruits. So yeah, yeah. you've got to realise it's not like Pac-Man. Yeah, but watch out for spawning baddies at fountains. They come out of fountains. What's all that about? Yeah, yeah it's you, weird, isn't it? There's there's kind of two ways of playing it. You can not destroy all the baddies. It is very satisfying knocking the baddies off the level. Oh yeah, and Boring. and then they can they follow you around then, so you know where they are. But if you keep destroying them, they will spawn at the nearest fountain to you, so you're always being attacked. Yeah, so I don't can, like that bit. That's what's. I watched a YouTube video of someone actually completing the game. I think they were using save states, so it wasn't a full game. And they were only knocking the baddies out when they really had to. Mm. So it was it was quite interesting watching them play it a completely different way than I was playing it. They were just evading them and bouncing around the blocks. And when the baddies hit the blocks, they have to reverse and go the other way. They can't go around the blocks. Yeah, It's only, it's only the steamroller that can go through the blocks. So it was quite good getting away from a baddie. It kind of reminds me of when I play Konami Turtles. If you if you knock a baddie out, another baddie can't go through the baddie, but you can. So you can sort of get away from baddies, mm. and they can't get to you, and they have to go the other way. So you sort of lose them for a while, which is quite a good idea. Because if you bounce into them and knock them off, they're going to come back nearly on top of you when you go past the fountain. Yeah, sometimes there's large areas of the maze where there's none of these little bendy fences, so you can't jump That the guys. It becomes like a traditional maze game and you can get trapped you get stuck in a corridor yeah so if you can move one of these blocks to block off the part of the maze or you can use it as an exit because you can they get stuck in front of the block and you just blast through them and destroy them all it's one that uh, uh, there's a couple of walkthrough well playthroughs on youtube and one of the guys is very clever where he's putting the blocks just so he can go through these these closed wall bits of the maze without getting trapped yeah, because it's only the steamroller boss uh, enemy that comes out that can, can break through the blocks, and they're quite slow moving to start with. But you can also do when you bro- you what you run into a block, you do a little wheelie, and you can move <laughs> the block around. So you can actually position the block and wait for the baddies, and then just blast them if you want, or move it into a position where they can't get to you. And as you say, go in safely and take your time getting the 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 flowers out of the maze, which you can't evade the baddies from. Yeah. When you break a block, it takes a, a little bit of a maybe a second to to open up and but you but you are stuck. You cannot move. You've got to wait for the animation to finish, and that's the only thing I don't like about this game. I'd rather just break the block and go through it. But it does make you think about when to break the block because a lot of the times you're breaking the block, you can't move. Someone goes right up your jacksy. I got a feeling as well is if you break a block or break a baddie and then get the last flower. And the game, the the level ends. If the animation doesn't come up with your score, it, you know the, the level ends before the score shows you what you've got. You don't get the points for the baddie you just knocked out, which is bit, or, right. or the fruit you've you've got from a, a pink, a silver block or whatever. Yeah, it's like that because you get you get different fruits out of the pink blocks, but they're only worth like five hundred points. Yes, you get bananas that are five five thousand and stuff, and yeah. they're very rich in potassium. Not surprising. They are nice, nice, tasty bananas. Mm. It, oh, there's you can use the very end of the fences to like slingshot around corners, and that is very satisfying. When you, do. you get like a little speed bonus. It's great. It's great. And also, learn the movements of the bad guys. The blue guys will not turn around unless they come to a junction or an end of a fence, and they will just go. You could just go around in circles. You could follow a blue guy around for hours. Yeah, and you, he can, will you not... can lure them to go either up your street or not up your street. Mm. But 
the little green guy will reverse. It'll, if if you go past him, he'll get to the end of a fence and reverse back. It doesn't it doesn't reverse. Doesn't chase you mid fence. He doesn't stop. It's the end of a fence or a corner. He'll come back at you. Do you know what he is? A rascal. Offen- I, I thought he was going to say offensive. <laughs> Where's my sheep? We haven't heard disapproving sheep for a while, listeners. Have a listen to this. Anyway, where are we? Oh, yes. Always have a direction. Put uh, This is what I do. Always have a direction pushed on the joystick for when a new level starts. What doesn't matter what direction. It normally goes right if you're stuck in a maze. If you're stuck, you can't go up or down. And that means you've got an extra, like, second to get that 20,000 bonus points on the early level. Ooh, you know what I mean? good tip. Mm. Word, sister. Mm. <laughs> Graphics and sound. Cute as hell. Lovely, colourful System 1, Sega Master System-style graphics. Yeah, I, I do like the graphics. I love the graphics. The game is super cute, really nice. And it's nice pixelated graphics, very, very colourful. Mm. Kind of like Flicky, but better. It's very similar, isn't it? Mm. There's, there's, a, there's a great animation when he dies. He spins round. It's really good animation when he dies. And he goes, poof. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it's from the same... I don't know about sound and game designer, but the same design is from Flicky. Uh, guy designed by Yoji Ishii. Hey, this guy is a genius. This game is also known as Sanrin Sanchan, or Tricycle Kid. So Sanrin means three-wheeled in Japanese. So it's three-wheel Sanchan, Tricycle Girl. Right. Mm. Mm. I've experienced running right through an enemy before and not dying. Pac-Man style Have you done that? No, but I have experienced shooting a block through three guys, two two blue cars and one of the, the green guys, and the, it didn't hit the green guy a couple of times that's happened, and he's gone through the block. I've got a feeling that might be a little bug in the game where it is like, the, the, oh, I can't go into it now, the reasoning behind sometimes you can run through come straight through a monster in Pac-Man. It's got something mm. to do with where, where the, the graphics are on the, on the screen. Because I've, I've done it a few times. I've gone right through a blue baddie. And think, thought I was going to die and just went straight through and lived. Odd, that one. Mm. Uh, Sanrin Sanchan is said to have been the main inspiration for the Chow, or Cheo, in Sonic Adventure. I can see that they got the same hat. Mm, Chow as... Garden. My wife loved played that quite a bit, That just that Chow Garden bit of Sonic Adventure. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I also read that your character is a little girl and you were collecting flowers for the old lady in the bonus screens. As I said, I originally thought you were a little boy grabbing fluas for a little girlfriend. Maybe not. Mm, we don't know, do don't we? Know. Someone in someone in Japan will know. There was no ports or sequels or anything. This would have been a straight port to the Master System, like you say, or, or the SG-1000 system. And, and it's not even on a compilation. It's like a forgotten game. I find, I find this very strange. I mean... The game may not have done very well in the arcades. I don't know. I've never even heard of it before you come up with it. But it is a good little game. It's fun. It's really colourful. It, it would be easily ported to those machines. It's really odd that we never got a port, even in Japan. You, you'd think it would have gone... Do you reckon it was a prototype? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit of an odd one. If we didn't have MAME, we'd never have known about it, would we? No. Do you know how I found it? Looking through MAME? Yeah, you said, let's come up with a classic. I thought, right. And we've just played Space Firebird. So I was on SPA in MAME. <laughs> scroll right. down. 
Uh, scroll down to spatter. I thought that sounds bonkers. Press play. An hour later, I'm still playing it. I thought this is the one. This is gold. Gold. Always believe in your joystick. <clears throat> so the scoring. Twin Galaxies, yeah. played via MAME, is very low, actually, from, compared to what we got. Um, so number one in their score ranking is 408,120 by Gary Dean. This was in 2012. And this was um, from Wolf Mame 106. And the second score is 216,460. So very low scores. I wonder why it's still it's only on MAME. Maybe there wasn't many arcade boards out there, like you said. Maybe it was a prototype. Mm. I've never seen this in the arcade. I haven't. I've never seen it. I wonder if Arcade Club or somewhere like Galloping Ghost might be able to get hold of it. Yeah, it's worth looking into, isn't it? I wonder if it was just a prototype. Certainly isn't a cabinet of it. Cocktail no. or upright. Not seen one. There's Yeah, there's well, there's a flyer, though. The flyer exists. I don't know. Yeah, but some flyers came out if the game was going to come out. And they, they obviously mm. posted the flyers to arcades to see if they, they liked it or magazines or you know advertising outlets or whatever. So, what do you reckon would make this game better? There's a few things it would benefit from, I think. The only thing is uh, allowing you to continue. So, if you're if you're playing through, if you're crediting through, you can continue and see all the levels. And with with Mame and Cheats, you can just put endless lives on, so you can see it. So, do you but think this was, was a 1984 thing where they didn't really continue games that much back then? Could have been. It says December '84 in Mame, so yeah, it could have been. Mm, but I think. This game is a work of complete genius. I love it. I've, I haven't played a game this much since Juno first. Mm. Uh, away, I think it's absolutely brilliant. It's so fantastic. <laughs> I can only think of one better maze game than this that I like, and that's Berserk. Turtles. I, I just love I think it's really satisfying with the blocks and the bouncing. You, you know, you, you never... Well, you are. You do get trapped in walled areas of the maze, but um, most of the maze sections, you've always got a chance of surviving by bouncing around, jumping around the baddies, and knocking them off the screen is really satisfying, and it's just got a good feel. I, I think I know I'm going to be playing this. It's it's going to be my top, say, top 50 games ever. I'm going to be playing it on and off for the rest of my Earthbound days, Vic. Do you want to hear what I think they should improve before I give my summary of it? Go on. It'd be nice to actually collect the flowers when bending into them from the other side of the fence, rather than having to run over the flowers. Be cheating that. It'd just make it a bit easier, maybe. <laughs> I would like to see a nice little radar like in Rally X. This game has a lot of similarities to Rally X. And you can't see mm. much of the scrolling maze, and sometimes you're faced with an enemy before you can react. That's maybe just mm. my reactions. Said that. Very annoying sometimes when you change lanes and are on the edge of a bendy fence. It can sometimes throw you in unpredictable angles right into an enemy's path, or it did with me anyway. Yeah, you've got to get the... You can control it like I said, slingshot, you get the joystick right. On the bonus screens, the baseballs, which is what they are. I thought they were pools of slime at first. They're apparently baseballs. They make you spin around for a second out of control and can make you fall off a few platforms and into the path of more balls, making you pinball around out of control wasting your time that it was counting down but when i learned you can actually stop your character and take your time i found it a lot easier and that that became irrelevant then it was easy mm. no problem until i had a few good goes of this it annoyed the heck out of me reminded me of the 10 pence effect i had with flicking now if you don't know what the 10 pence effect is it's basically having the opposite opinion of a game you've held for a long long time 
being completely reversed when you play the game for a challenge rather than the odd game here and there. However, I worked out that if you stop your character and calm down a wee bit, the game can be played much better. An understanding of the bonus silver blocks and the actual bonus levels also gives your score a huge boast. So this is from Chris++ Federico, our man in New Mexico. This is actually quite different from Flicky, even apart from the fact that it's top-down rather than side-on. An original premise will always make me give a game a massive chance, and this one is definitely centred around an original element. Bounce buddies to death through oddly elastic fences, and also dodge them the same way. All this while deflowering the roads in your floating neighbourhood, and you're clearly playing the part of a puka from Dig Dug. When you're playing the game for a high score, the time bonus after each round is highly significant. In fact, I would argue that your final score depends too much on the completing each round as quickly as possible. The happy points come in handy as well. I guess we know what those two are doing on the top platform after the bonus end. <laughs> in spite of the cutesy visuals and the repetitive music, I wound up having a lot of fun and getting quite hooked. I love it when you two find obscure games for us to try out, especially when they turn out to be this much fun. Even though I've been into video games since the early 80s, I'm not much of a nostalgic guy. So playing the old games isn't really about nostalgia for me. It's about the in-the-moment thing. There are always new old favourites to find, so to speak, especially thanks to emulation. The number of early games that have been f- become favourites of mine have just kept growing over the years. There's always more to discover, which is a great thing about the sheer amount of games that came up between the 70s and 90s. Thanks for finding us an extremely enjoyable one. Mm. I thought this game was going to be like flicking. I'd hate it. But after getting into it for a little while and working out with help from Neil and yourself about and some of the listeners actually about how to play it properly, I really got into it and I, I was playing it for like an hour at a time. But I got to a stage about level nine or ten, I couldn't really get any further. And I'd had enough of the game. I didn't right. I didn't dislike it, and I'll play it again now and again. And if it gets to be arcade club, I'd love to have a game with you over it. I quite enjoyed it, but I've I've played it enough now. It mm. wasn't it wasn't a massive it was a massive revelation to be a good game that I've never heard of before. I think it's great that you found it and understand why you like it a lot. Mm. And I quite liked it, but I've I've played it enough now. Thank you very much. <laughs> but I did enjoy it. I really did. I thought I'd hate it, but I really did enjoy it. Which is also sort of the ten pence effect again. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, thanks I'm, for I'm finding glad. it. It's good. We've got some scores here. We've had. Let's do the scores had, there, Mister. We've had thirty-six players, which is very respectable for an unknown game. Yeah, and most people liked. I think. Do we have any apart from Tronads? Do we have any negative thoughts on this? We didn't, did we? Well, a couple. Yeah, we had a couple. Oh, okay. But anyway, here we go. Should we just say the thousands? We just say the thousands. No, do it properly. Oh, Respect these scores. Okay, then. Andrew Driver, 19,300. Wife's banned me from taking my JXD on the mini break, so that's all, folks. He can only get one score. Stacey King, 24,850. <laughs> I'm off to a villa in Cyprus for two weeks tomorrow, but I have loaded onto my phone. I'm packing my Raspberry Pi. Well done, Stacey. Mickle, well, 35-4-10. I keep forgetting to post a score, so I'll get this in early. That's the only score he got, I'm afraid. I think. Mini Missile, number one, which is one of Rob's nippers. 42,000. Rob himself, Rob Player Missile, 52,000. Look forward to hearing how you found out about this game. Very flicky-like and therefore fun. Only had time for a couple of tries. Definitely will re- return to this game. Well, to answer your question, Rob, Mr. Holly found this game by lazily floundering through MAME. If we hadn't played Space Firebird, 
So that's the only thing we can find good about space firebird is we found <laughs> spatter. <laughs> oh, sorry, lads. Yeah, we're not into space firebird. Right, Rob's nipper number two has got fifty-six thousand. But he's old dad. Oh, Matthew Bridge, sixty-five, two fifty. Haven't had a lot of time with this one. Feels more suited to a console, maybe. That's interesting. Absolutely, but it never came out on one, as far as we know. Uh, mm. Steve Horse, one of Ed Horse's mates from work, 65,700. Nice. Paul McCaskey, 85,110. Not really my sort of game, but it's nice enough. It looks good for the year. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Steve Tyke, 92,440. Seems a decent enough game. Shame no time to get involved this time around. 92,440, despite not even working out what the buttons do. You need the buttons. Mark Bell, 94,550. I don't understand it, but I kind of like it. Cute game with nice nice graphics and sounds. I'd probably be a fan if I'd come across it back in the day. Well, now, Mark, if you've listened to this, you'll know a bit more how to play it, and it gets more enjoyable. Mm. Nick Silversmurfer, 109,700. Not feeling the love for this, possibly because it sucks using the keyboard. No cab here on holes in sunny Kefalonia this week. Oh, yeah. Every, everyone's on holiday. Yeah. Ian Ian Cullen, 112,400. Cute little game that I've never heard of before. Chris Plus Plus, Chris Federico, 128,930. And he wrote a nice little review for us. Yeah, thanks for that review, Chris. Paul Higgins, 136,30. I've hit my peak. Great, cho- great choice of game, Sean. Just wish I could do better. Very much like Flicky. Trollnads, 136,140. Spat this score out, literally. He didn't like it. He is Jimmy. He was he was getting 1.4 million on Bomb Jack last night. Was he and Jimmy? He's Jimmy. 139,300. Strange game this one, but I think I like it. Anna Horse, 144,260. Nice. Michael Vortman, 155,350. There is so much to love about this. The tricycle, the fence, the flowers for grandma, the little puff when you die. Thank you for this gem. Woohoo. Tactical Laura. 161,650. Simon Anderson, 178,010. Sp- spending more time on this than I should do with for a person with responsibilities. Good game. I enjoyed it a lot. No, well done. Tactical Giles, 179,760. Really like this hidden gem. Just wish I had a bit more time to play it. Hmm. This is Uvic, Vincent Marmite, 185,840. Decent score. Yeah, I liked it. I wanted to try and crack 200, but I got to a point where if I played it anymore, I might get annoyed with it, and I don't want to because it's nice. Mm. Chris Mooncrest, the bootleg, just beat me, 222,690. We'll try and improve before the cut-off. Maybe you didn't. So you'll have to do this one, 225,690. It's quite a charming thing. He tends to get rude when he dies, though, don't he? <laughs> ben Banasic, Benny Banassi. <laughs> No, 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 no. Oh, that's right. 250, 370. This game is so, so, so good. Sega at its 80s finest. Mm. Buller, 251,000 dead. Again, wish I'd had longer to play this. A new favourite. Need a four-way stick, really, but great fun and surprisingly addictive. Ed Horse, the man on the horse himself. 311, 140. They didn't get a lot of work done in their office this week, did they? Definitely not. All playing Spatter. Yeah. Brian Haribo, 387,170. Hmm, yes, inconclusive. He's not convinced. Sal Bug, 402,780. Neil, 20 to 5. Ah, Neil, 
437,180. What a great choice, pal. Way out in left field, you've unearthed an absolute gem. Well done, that man. The best bit about this game is the fact there is nothing about it on the interweb, discovering lots of hidden depths, including a mysterious 100,000-point bonus. Neil is a master at milking games for, for the points. He's really good at it. Can you remember on... What was it we did? Bank Panic. He got a ludicrous amount of points on the first level. Oh, and yeah, he did, didn't he? He's really good at doing that. Mm. Greg Mariotti. He's got some, he's got some words Say for you. Say it properly. Greg Mariotti. <laughs> Do you want to read this one? Go on, go on. 4.56.9.20. Love this game. It's much deeper than you think. The French jumping mechanic, brick smash and timer bonus provide many paths to high scores. New Tempens, I would not dig this. P.S. I don't own a bagel shop or break kneecaps. <laughs> I own a hot dog stand anyway. <laughs> Captain, Captain Crispy, 464-940. Been a while since I've had time to join in, but what a game to come back to. Super addictive and progression when you put the work in. Best game for me since Donkey Kong Jr. And your good self, sir. Ping, ping, ping. 610,950. I have got the new world record, 610,950 for one and a half seconds. And tell Ben Granville, 676,350. Poof, such a great game. I wish I had a bit more time with this one. So we have had one, two, three, four, five people beat the world record. Yeah. That's how good we and the listeners are. Yeah. So Charlie Farr is the next one up the list, but not at the top. 698,860. Thought I'd love this, but for some reason it's just not grabbing me. Yeah, it's all right, he says. It's, yeah, yeah, it's not, not. Yeah, but all right for Charlie Farr is like nearly 700,000 points when I'm getting like 185,000. I think he only started playing it properly last night when I was going on it because he didn't know. He didn't know about the bonuses, you see. Damn that, Charlie Farr. Mark Cappy Dude has put a stellar score in here from from being on 400,000 last night. 726,470. Because he's, he's playing golf this morning. He's put lots of games before golf, lots of games after golf, lots of rage quits both sessions, lots of frustration, lots of fun. I think I quite like this game now, so it's it's no flicky, but it's good. And right at the top of the, the pile is Phil Horse. 1,063,350. I wonder what level he got to to get that kind of score. He got to 24. So you must have... Did you reckon he got the 500,000-point bonus? I don't know. You, you Tell us, be, Phil. You may be able to trigger it sooner, yeah. Level 24, Ben Granville, who's got 676,000, he got to level 36 or 35. I haven't seen anyone get higher than that. It's all to do with the bonuses, isn't it? Yeah, I can get to level 20, I think, before dying. I got to level 10. Well, that'll do me. So, I'm happy with that. So, well done, Phil. He's an excellent player. And we will just have a quick look at the 10 pence high score league. We're halfway through the year, just over. Oh, I don't care about that because I'm nowhere on it. Charlie Farr is number one, of course. Oh, really? Sully's number two. Sal Boggy's number three. Well, oh. I'm number four. And Phil Horse is fifth. Oh, all to play for. So, he's. he's He's a damn good player, I think. Mm. So tell us how you got that, that score, Phil. It's amazing for level 24. Next show's game. Hey, Sean. Hey, Sean. Yeah. Do you want to know what next show's game is going to be? Because it's my pick. 
I get nervous when you leave it blank. <laughs> I put the developer on there for you, Atari. Do you know what, do you it, know what year it is? It I think yeah. it's 1989 or 1990. Right. Let me just say to you, Clax Wave. Clax. Clax. Now, the ROM is just called Clax, as far as I know. Uh, lives is not applicable. Extra Lives is not applicable. The default settings for this, the difficulty is moderate, and the difficulty ramping is on. If you if you go in, if you're playing it on MAME, you need to go into the dip switches and turn the service mode on. So you can look at the settings. It's not settings as a dip switch, it's actually your settings page. And mm. all that lot is standard as far as I know. Now, on Clax, you can start at certain levels. I think it's one, four, and eleven. Yeah. There are no rules on starting. You can start wherever you like in this game and do whatever you want except continue and use cheats, obviously. So oh. start whatever level you like. It's all free and open. Use whatever dirty tricks you can do as long as it's not cheating. Wow. I did like this, I think we said last time on the Amiga, and I got okay at it. I reckon this is going to be a keyboard game. I think it would be better with a keyboard. No, no way. No, no way. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. I had um, a Clax Cabaret. Really, really nice machine. I'd like to have it back one day as well. I know the owner. I think I know who the owner is. And I asked them to sell it to me if they want to sell it. So hopefully I'll get it back one day. Really nice game to play. I have an original board still, which I'll probably pop in my Horizontal Pony and play it there. Mm. So if everyone likes this, it's a great little puzzle game. And uh, great speech. I love the speech in it and the sound effects. Very nice. Very nice. It's not like you to do a 1990 game, 89, 90, is it? Very unusual, isn't it? This one is good. There's a few <laughs> games in the 90s, and, and even the 2000s that were quite enjoyable still. We'll get on to them as we, as we go through them, though. Yeah. So that's about all we have time for and all we're going to talk about. Yes, thank you for listening, kids. We will catch you next time. And if anyone went to Play Expo London, I hope you enjoyed that. We missed, we missed that one, didn't we? We both, both missed it. Yeah. Yeah, so you enjoyed that. I know a lot of podcasters went. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for listening and goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you. For game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 